Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Infinite Infidelities Podcast. I am your host, LJ. And first and foremost, I want to say thank you to any and everybody who is tuning in. This is my very first podcast and I'm making this giant leap into the giant podcasting world all by my lonesome. So I got to say thank you for taking the time to check it out and come along this ride with me. The music that you hear is the one and only Miss Toni Braxton. She fairly recently released some new music. The album is called Sex and Cigarettes and it is the best body of work that I've heard in a very long time. I cannot stop listening to it. This track is called Deadwood. You can fully expect to hear track number two on episode two. I'm talking Chicken Soup for the Broken Hearted Soul, y'all. It's an amazing album, amazing piece of work. So if you get the chance, you should definitely check it out. And I'm not even getting paid to say that. I just think it fits in well with the topic that we have going on on the Infinite Infidelities podcast, episode one. So it is worthy. If you get a chance, check it out. Again, the name of the podcast, Infinite Infidelity. So it's no secret what we'll be discussing. And that's mostly cheating cheaters who cheat along with some other topics. But before we get into all of that, I have a couple of other little things that I'd like to share with you guys. I call them housekeeping items. First, please, 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 if you hear something that you like or even something you don't like, join the conversation and hit me up on IG at infinite.com infidelities or shoot me an email at infinite infidelities at gmail.com that's infinite dot infidelities at gmail.com please share your thoughts and stories and experiences i will definitely share whatever you guys send me here on the podcast and give you my two cents on whatever you say so please don't hesitate join the conversation second However you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever, please remember, take the time now to rate and review it. Hopefully you will find it worthy of five stars and feel free to leave me some tips and pointers. Now, I can take a little constructive criticism, but don't get carried away. I don't do mean and hateful unless it's funny, then it's okay. But I really do want to hear from you guys and see what you think. And lastly, I'm an avid podcast listener myself. And there are some great shows out there that have inspired me to scrape together some coins, get some equipment, get in a studio, and give this podcasting thing a shot. And I really want to shout those podcasts out. One of my favorites is Black Love Matters with Niram and Nyambi. They are a really funny couple podcasting together discussing all things love and relationship related and pop culture too. This podcast has gotten me through many a long commute on so many afternoons but my most favorite thing about them is they are moving to the Bay Area from New England and I don't know if I said it before but I am a San Francisco Bay Area native born and bred so if you're here welcome Niram and Nyambi. 
Brilliant Idiots, this other podcast I listen to, that's with Charlemagne the God and Andrew Schultz. Brilliant Idiots is a lot of fun. Everything on there is discussed in such a lighthearted and fun manner. Even the series even the uh, serious topics they're handled in kind of a comedic way so i really enjoy it you should definitely check that out there's also cocktails and that's with kiki said so and medina monroe this podcast has a really like sexual theme to it but it's done in such a classy and clever way i absolutely love it i love the format the subject matter love it all these ladies open the podcast with a recipe for a cocktail and then end with um the story of some exciting or interesting sexual escapade that's been shared by a listener or one of their guests on the show and they usually have some really fun and interesting and sometimes ratchet conversations with their guests and it's pretty much no holds barred adult only makes me love it all the more so i'm sure my description of it isn't doing it any real justice so you got to check it out for yourself but i swear you'll love it also i listen to my fair share of true crime stories and there are a couple of podcasts focusing on true crime i really like um one is atlanta monster and that covers the famous uh, atlanta child murders case i've binge that like in a day i couldn't stop listening it was done so well and up and vanished that's also another podcast on a georgia crime case covering the disappearance of a young lady by the name of tara grinstead both of those podcasts are done by filmmaker Payne Lindsay, and they are both amazing extremely captivating binge worthy please check them out another good true podcast a true crime excuse me podcast is uh, sword and scale the cases they discuss on sword and scale are a little bit lesser known sometimes but still really interesting nonetheless so it's worth checking out too but again i wanted to just shout out those few podcasts because they're done so well so professional so good they've been an inspiration to me to give it a shot since i love listening so much and so here i am with infinite infidelities podcasts of my own taking my best shot so hopefully you guys find it interesting and keep on listening and give me some good feedback now infinite infidelities a tale as old as time right everybody cheats everybody's always gonna cheat or is that the case are there those ever so special unicorns amongst us who can remain faithful and true no matter what the circumstances and if you are cheated on when is enough enough where do you draw the line or do you consistently forgive and forget all of those things and much much more always up for discussion on the infinite infidelities podcast so please again do join the the uh, discussion excuse me and shoot me an email or message me on ig in addition to being inspired by the other podcasts i mentioned earlier i think you guys should also know that i started this podcast because i needed it I needed it as kind of a refuge and I intend for it to be a really personal journey for me. I will chronicle the 12 plus year relationship during which the other person, um, I think we'll call him Greg, cheated probably 98% of the time or more. After a while, you know, your girls get tired of hearing the story after story and hell you get tired of telling story after story about cheating and about the other women it becomes embarrassing and eventually you 
kind of start to internalize everything and while you might stop talking about it the pain and the hurt from such situations whether you're male or female they never really go away and I know at least for me they're so much worse when you kind of have to carry it all by yourself so I'm hoping that you know recollecting and sharing the story of Greg and me will actually not even just the story of Greg and me but sharing stories of cheating and infidelities that I've dealt with in all of my relationships will take some of the hurt I carry off my shoulders and I'm hoping I'll learn something about myself and maybe even someone listening will benefit too you know sometimes it's just helpful to know you aren't the only one going through something hearing somebody else's story can be so therapeutic and I don't know maybe I can be that for someone I don't know but when it comes to men and relationships for me, I think I would have to begin my story with my father, Miguel. My father is one of the slickest, fast talking, get over on you quick types, you know, if you're not watching. So you really got to be on your toes anytime you're dealing with them. You know, for example, when my cousins and I um, called ourselves gambling, playing blackjack, we were around 11, 12 years old, had no idea what we were really doing, no idea what the rules were, and even the nerve of us to sit at my grandmother's dining room table and call ourselves gambling with real money, mind you. And my father walked in and instead of telling us to stop, like any other rational, responsible adult might do, maybe even he could have even said, you know what? I'll teach you the rules so you actually know how to play so when you go outside of your grandmother's dining room you won't get taken for everything you got right well wrong not my dad he sees two things when he walks in there number one we're gambling with real money US dollars saved up from chores and allowances and number two we don't know what the hell we're doing so he convinces us to let him in the game we say okay convinces us to let him be the dealer which sounds reasonable us you know we we don't know what we're doing he knows he's got more experience he's done it before so we let him be the dealer and we start playing now for the most part it's going along as blackjack does you know you win some you lose some but it only takes one slip one little fragment one little piece of missing information or knowledge for a man like my father to completely exploit any situation to his advantage and the situation for us became what happens in blackjack when it's a tie so we had no idea and my father quickly told us you know when it's a tie the dealer wins the dealer gets the money and of course he's he's the dealer right so it wasn't until many many years later when i became an adult and of actual legal gambling age in a casino where i learned the truth and that was that my own father was swindling me imagine my surprise and embarrassment at a las vegas blackjack table what the dealer doesn't get the money when it's a tie right so that's just to give you some idea of the kind of guy that he was i think that best describes my father in a nutshell you can't get caught slipping with him because no matter who you are if you got slipping he's going to capitalize on your ignorance but you know when he met my mother they were both 
teenagers and my great uncle who owned a building in San Francisco on uh, Divisadero and the Fillmore for anybody who knows the area he ran a community enrichment program called uh, the Postal Street Academy basically a program that taught life skills to young people living in a tough and underserved area and the program just taught basic stuff you know that was relevant at the time like how to write a check how to balance a checkbook how to write a resume how to present yourself when applying for a job or conduct yourself on the interview etc and it was there that uh, my parents met interesting sidebar 20 25 years later it's actually there that would also meet (laughs) greg under very similar circumstances he was working for my uncle but anyway i digress back to my father so he my father was working there because it was his uncle who actually owned the building around the program my mother was there because she needed the services that the program offered He was only 18 when he ended up getting my uh, 17-year-old mother pregnant with me. And of course, she fell head over heels in love with him. He was handsome, smart, charming, came from a good working class family. And once I came along, that was it for her. You know, she was ready to settle down for the long haul with him. And I do believe my father cared for my mother, but he was not at all ready to settle down or even really truly love somebody at that time and they stuck it out I think maybe two or three years after I was born and then called it quits and I would later learn from my mother that she left him because he refused to even try to be faithful to her there was a string an endless stream of women with no end in sight and finally when he was 19 he moved out moved into his own apartment gave my mother a key and she told me at least on um, three separate occasions she walked in on him having sex with other women twice in the living room on the couch and once in their bedroom so they say god has a sense of humor and i guess it's true after all he gave my father me a daughter right (laughs) the only thing is i don't think having a daughter even slightly changed my father's views on women and it definitely didn't change the way he treated them i don't think he thought much about how men might even treat me someday so i in saying that i've seen my father mistreat many many women without even giving it a second thought when i was eight i watched him physically assault his then girlfriend her name was tony and and it was practically over nothing i remember it was a beautiful saturday morning i was visiting spending the weekend with him at my grandmother's house and everybody was having a good time my cousins were there my aunt was there great family memory it would have been a great family memory up until my father decided to um, be up his girlfriend for seemingly no reason at all but uh, my father I remember so distinctly my father Tony and I all three of us we were in the kitchen and we were cleaning up the after breakfast dishes and my father starts to pour bacon grease down the kitchen sink now this is the time and so there's no garbage disposal so pouring grease down the sink really is kind of a no-no so I remember Tony stepped in to correct him and she says Miguel you really shouldn't shouldn't do that you're gonna clog your mother's sink don't don't do that and he just out of nowhere like a flash grabs her by the neck mumbles something about not telling him what to do 
drags her from the kitchen to the living room knocks her over knocks her to the floor straddles her and just starts raining down blows on this woman like he's like a ufc fighter and i remember standing frozen just in that doorway to the living room staring at my father in this rage that i had never seen come out of him before ever and i i watched him <laughs> stand i stood there and watched him just beat the shit out of a woman he claimed to love or at least like you know at the time and i was eight when that happened i, I remember that so clearly my older cousin who heard all the commotion was downstairs and rushed upstairs to see what was going on and made his way to the living room and he, as soon as he got there he stood frozen too just right behind me for 30 seconds maybe a minute and i just remember him quietly putting his hand on my shoulder my cousin lee and he said come on lj and just took me downstairs and lee was 14 at the time i think and 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 that was it and the next weekend that I spent with my father, he, he did apologize, but I didn't really know how to feel about it. It was strange for me to actually witness and now know for sure that my father was capable of doing something like that. I would like to say that that event changed how I saw him, and maybe it did for my eight-year-old self, but as I reflect as an adult not just on that incident but many others as well i realized that i have never felt fatherly protection from my father the way that most girls do when i was about 10 i was living with my maternal grandmother in the sunnydale housing projects in san francisco these housing projects are former military barracks and really should have been condemned long ago they are absolutely horrible and frankly i'm surprised that people still live there today but that's where i spent a lot of my formative years i grew up there um really on in kind of the underbelly of san francisco a lot of people who visit have no idea that it even exists in such a beautiful city but they're there trust me but my anyway my grandma my mother's side of um my family lived in those projects and the only time I really got to escape them is when I went to visit my working class, you know, working middle class family on my father's side. And not only was I living in the projects, but the, the they were filled. The apartment itself was filled with roaches, cigarette smoke all the time and just plain filth, basically living in squalor. And I distinctly remember a particular weekend, my father and my cousin Lee again coming over to pick me up for the weekend they opened our front door and looked around and I, I remember looking at their faces and that image is so burned in my brain they looked around and they had absolute just disgust on their faces for the way we were living what we were living in and I thought to myself there's no way my father's going to let me keep living like this He's going to be pissed that his daughter is living like this. He's going to take me while I'll go live with him or go live in my grandma's house or something like that. But, well, he takes me with him that weekend. And when the weekend is over, he drops me right back off in that same filthy apartment in Sunnydale like it's nothing. Like, you know, see you next weekend. And even <laughs> as a teenager, I remember going to my father 
in tears over some boy whose name I can't remember now but whatever he had broken my 15 year old heart and I thought for sure my father would hug me tight and say what's his face is the idiot love will come again you know all the stuff a dad is supposed to say and a teenage girl has her first heartbreak my dad sat next to me on my bed looked at me and said you're crying over a boy and and laughed and i mean no like really laughed and my father if you ever heard him laugh you would know he has a laugh that can make you feel like the entire world suddenly realizes that you're a jackass so that day his laugh hit me like a ton of bricks and i was so hurt even though i pretended not to be again you know in college i can remember when I moved into my first apartment. I was a sophomore at Spelman then. I paid my deposit, rent, bills, everything all on my own. Was so proud of my little self getting out into the world and starting off. But I still needed a bed at the time. I called up my father to ask him to help me buy a bed. Not to pay for the whole thing. Just pitch in on what I had already, right? So (laughs) he politely told me to sleep on the floor until I could afford to buy it myself and that sleeping on the floor would build character. So just this is just the kind of um, person that he was. And I think what and that's just a few of the, the stories that I'm sharing. But I think what my father inadvertently taught me through the way he dealt with women and even with me, his own daughter, is that when it comes to men and relationships, he taught me I was on my own. You know, you're on your own in every single way. I mean, not even to expect the things I want or even need or I deserve. And really, there's no point in even asking them asking for them that is because I won't get it my father was never protective of me so why should I ever expect any other man to be as an adult I asked my father if he'd ever experienced true love or had his heart broken and he was silent for a moment or so and then said no even though he had been married before he didn't love her when he married her and so he wasn't heartbroken when he divorced. He never loved my mother, Tony, or any of the other women that he had been with. And my father, not knowing love, saddened me a bit, but also helped me to understand him a little better. And now that I'm reflecting on all of these things, I can clearly see how uh, relationship issues such as tolerating infidelity and just in other things I can see how those those things have kind of crept their way into my life and into my relationships at some point I, I don't remember how old I was but I think I may have been around my preteen years I asked my father if he would want me to marry a man like him he laughed his laugh so deep you know like from the pit of his stomach the way only he could looked at me and said hell no never marry a man like me and that just might have been the realest piece of advice that he ever gave me and more and more I asked myself did I listen when it comes to 
you know he said that not even feeling any shame not even feeling any regret that he couldn't tell his only daughter and at the time only child i think to find someone like your father and said this from his own mouth like never marry a man like me and i could never now that i have become a parent see myself saying that to my children i don't know maybe i'm overreacting to that but i don't think so but i did tell you guys this was going to be a deeply personal journey and just think i'm really just getting started but i think i'm going to call it quits for this episode so that's that for this one but thank you again for tuning in and coming on this journey with me hopefully you're not tired of me yet i'd really like to hear your thoughts and stories of relationships and infidelities or even your reactions to what i've shared so far so please send me an email i'm at infidel infinite infidelities at gmail.com no let me correct that actually that's infinite dot infidelities at gmail.com or you can always hit me on ig at infinite dot infidelities and don't forget whatever platform you're listening to this on that's um stitcher podbean itunes whatever it is please rate and review and come back for more i really do um hope you guys find me uh remotely interesting enough to see where this is going and to chronicle this relationship i know i just started with my dad today but i promise we'll get into the heart of the matter as we go on but thanks again for taking out a little time to listen to me getting started today and i hope you come back for more peace